this is the Scoop Slam Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Scoop Slam Podcast. We're here. We're going to be reviewing some of the past week. We missed last week, but we're back uh, due to some technical difficulties. We weren't able to record, but we're here, and I... Don't really know how this one's going to go. A lot of uh, news has come out this week, and we're recording on Thursday, and if you are listening to our podcast, I'm sure you've heard the news at this point in time. Uh, Just a tragic week in wrestling, but before we get too deep into it, let me introduce my co-host. I'm sorry I can't give you a, a good pitch this week. It's Ryan. Yo, Micah. Good to be back with you, buddy. Probably not great circumstances we're meeting to do this podcast, but uh, got to get through it, man. Yeah, uh, I think you put it best off air that this is kind of a far-reaching topic, even if you're not super into wrestling at this point in time. As I previously mentioned, um, tragic news come out. Hold on. Of course. <laughs> you got your dog following the buzzards, huh? Yeah, I guess. All right. I think they're done, hopefully. So, uh, like I said, if you are listening to our podcast, I'm sure you've heard by now uh, the passing of Wyndham Rotunda better known as Bray Wyatt, happened a couple hours ago at the date that we're recording. Uh, the circumstances are not extremely clear. It's been reported that he had some heart issues uh, stemming from COVID, and uh, he ended up having a heart attack today. And his dad called Triple H to inform him of the passing. He was 36. And he... I guess kind of famous around here. Because he went to our local college. Um, Yeah, this is just... It's crazy. I really don't even know what to say. I told you that as soon as we started talking about it. There's no real way to introduce this. It's just insanity. I mean, this guy's younger than Roman, he's younger than Cody, Kenny, the Bucks, Seth, and that was it. And we've heard, you know, for a couple months that he was out due to some health issues, but I I don't think anybody expected this. Nah, man, it's it's sad. Uh, You see these guys, you're welcoming you welcome these guys into your home every Monday, every Friday, Saturday. You're a collider like we are. Hey, you, you, these guys are immortal, you know. They're not they're TV celebrities, but in reality, they're real people. And tragedy can befell all of us. And uh, yeah, we we lost a good one. Yeah, and you know. I will will admit that maybe I've been a little critical of his recent work at times, but 
as a kid, I was enamored with the Wyatt family. Uh, I, it's still one of my favorite gimmicks of all time, the entire group. It was so captivating. You didn't know what they were going to do. You didn't know who they were. It was mysterious in a good way without being too hokey. Um, I can't speak for much of what happened uh, after maybe like 2015, um, but that's more of your yeah. area of expertise but i'll never forget their debut uh, obviously the theme song is classic the lantern it was, it was so unique too especially the landscape at the time of wwe there was no over-the-top gimmicks like that i mean no. we were we were bone dry there was nothing out there i mean you had you had real you had some talent on the roster but nobody was playing a gimmick like bray wyatt's that cult leader, swamp guy, you know, shades of Braylon Mercy, the 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 Hawaiian shirt, the lantern. You're, you were captivated when you saw this guy. He kind of reignited my my love for professional wrestling, man. You you see this guy, and I mean, you couldn't take your eyes off of him. And he cut the promo. He was one of the best promos of the 2010s when you really look at it. And it's uh. Man, it's it's crazy. It's yeah. Uh, and like I said, I miss most of the fiend stuff. I know some people are high for that. Some people don't really love it. Um, but needless to say, it still got people's attention. Even when I wasn't still watching the product at the time, the fiend, I, I still knew of it, and that's saying something. Most people, I think, uh or Laps fans, at least, if you didn't watch during that era, you knew The Fiend, you knew what was going on. Um, and like you said, it was just different. I mean, they had The Shield at that time. I'll never forget their six-man match. Um, probably one of my favorite matches as a kid when I was in my peak fandom, I guess. Yeah, um, it was a great match, great match. And yeah, I remember... Him and Taker at WrestleMania was great to me. Uh, he probably, in my opinion, I would have liked him to be the first one to dethrone him if it wasn't going to be Punk. Should have been, yeah. Yeah, it just made sense. And and even then, I was about to say this too earlier when you were talking about he was the only guy with a gimmick at the time. Um, yeah, that was kind of around the time Taker was really phased out. I mean, this was. 100% to come in for WrestleMania era. And yeah. they were rebuilding definitely and during that time. So definitely top five promos of the last decade. Um, and you know, came back. you know, Micah, people, a lot of people online do, you know, throw dirt on the name of the fiend. But my man was, had, Top three merch sales during his time as the fiend. He was a big ratings draw. You can't say that he had a boring storyline. I mean, was it a little hokey? Sure. Sure. Was it a little nonsense, nonsensical? Maybe you can make that argument. But to say that it wasn't a draw, a ratings draw is just being just not true at all i mean it, it had its moments especially the beginning the beginning was really captivating uh the firefly funhouse just 
popping up on the TV show. Yeah, at first when I seen it, I thought it was a Adult Swim sketch comedy. Like it was just so unique. It, he would pop up and like it felt like he was on Blue's Clues. I, I mean, it, it the, the children were 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 not the children, but Dang, Mike, I'm so discombobulated right now, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I I understand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the characters or the... Because are you talking about like the... Uh, I mean, they're not puppets, but the, the ones that were in costumes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then they had like kids as, as the live studio audience for the Firefly Funhouse. Did you ever see the Firefly Funhouse? Not the original stuff. Obviously, I watched stuff when he came back, but not the original stuff aside from like the Cena match. It was so unique, man, because you never saw anything like that on a wrestling program. And whether that's good or bad is, you know, up to your own interpretation. But I enjoyed it. Bray was, you know, my my top three for a very long time. I even I was sad when they let him go back in. 2021 what was that was that 2021 yeah because yeah, that's when me and you started really becoming friends um and talking wrestling more and i think you had transferred to a different store at this time but i called you when i saw that they released him i was like dude no way <laughs> like, i never would have thought that they would have let him go and that was crazy enough and then they bring him back and it was huge like people were all over it for you know the beginning yeah. of it the return was all right you got the the what was that the white rabbit qr code that was a big thing last year a lot of people were talking about it and then the, when he finally showed up at extreme rules it was a huge deal he got one of the biggest reactions of the year he cut that great promo on smackdown as himself and then uh, I even seven, eight months later, he's he's gone. Yep. And I don't know, like, I mean, his last match being that match with LA Knight, that's just crazy. I would have never. The Fountain Dew pitch black match. <laughs> yeah. I would have never thought, though, watching that, like, oh, this is the last time I'm going to see Bray Wyatt. That's just insane uh, how could to me. I think he only had two matches for uh, when he got. When he came back, he had that MSG. He wrestled an MSG house show, and he uh, wrestled LA Knight at Royal Rumble. And then, uh, yeah, then he was he was gone. Then they had a program with Bobby Lashley, which I believe when we went to that Raw show, what was that February? They were building something with that. What 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 happened on that Raw show? Did did Bo Dallas show up as Uncle Howdy? Uh, yeah, I think Uncle Howdy was there distract. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was when they were still doing the whole Alexa thing because this was before Royal Rumble. So, oh, okay, Alexa okay. was like freaked out or whatever, and Uncle Howdy came out on the stage and then yeah. he left or whatever. I wonder where they were going with that. I really don't know. Yeah, that's another thing. That storyline never got finished because remember that's the last time she was on WWE. Yeah. TV, Alexa, I, which now we know she's pregnant, but yeah, she's gone. Oh man, <laughs> your Alexa is following the buzzers, huh, Michael? 
Yeah, I guess. Well, you know, they're always listening. Yeah. I didn't know what that was. Because that's the one from the <laughs> living room. And so I was like, who is talking behind me right now? Oh, Lord. But, um... I, the, La- the Lashley storyline had to get dropped, too. Yeah. Um, which they... It was reported was because they didn't... Was it because they didn't want to do a storyline together? But I mean, now do we know if that was true or was that health concerns? I think that was around the time that they said that he was having health problems and they had to drop the storyline. Supposedly, like this, this story is still a little hazy. We don't exactly know. I mean, but yeah. there's, I think, what was it? S was it? it SC Scoops said. That dropped the news that it was like a uh, heart related. Uh, no, was it that? was Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful. Oh, okay. Um, okay, he said that uh, I got the tweet here to quote it. Um, he was given permission to reveal that earlier this year Bray Wyatt got COVID that exacerbated heart issues. There was a yep. lot of positive progress towards a return in his recovery. Unfortunately, today he suffered a heart attack and passed away. Jeez, yeah, I hope uh, hope old Bo Dallas is doing all right. Yeah, and especially his dad too. I mean, I I just can't imagine. I don't yeah. know. It, it's hard enough. Obviously, me and you both know what losing a parent's like. I can't imagine what losing a child is like, and especially. In the public's eye, everybody knows Bray Wyatt. Most people know IRS, or at least know that, oh, that's Bray Wyatt's dad, and he used to be a wrestler or whatever. And then, as you said, Bo Dallas, uh, he's got two kids. He's got a wife, and I think WWE's setting up donations on their website for all the merch that's sold of his to uh, go to them. So that's obviously a good thing. His wife worked with uh, the company. As a ring announcer. Yeah, I remember her. Yeah, um, Jojo. Did, when did she leave? I believe she got pregnant and she never came back. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that makes sense. Um, yeah. I was going to say this too. I don't know if I told you this on the phone. I know I talked to my brother about it. I might talk to both of y'all about it. I don't remember. Um, the whole situation is very similar to Brody Lee's passing. Um, and I hate to bring that up, but, you know, he leaves, kind of unsure of why. I remember when Cody beat Brody after Brody held the title for like two weeks, I was like, oh, here we go. Cody's being Cody. Um... You know, there was a serious situation going on. Hear some rumblings about Brody being sick. Brody randomly passes. Kind of the same situation with Bray. And that just, it really sucks. I mean, Brody's still a a tough one for a lot of wrestling fans. So this one, I don't yeah, know. It's I, been a rough year. Yeah, I, I think I read a quote the other week from his dad. Bray Wyatt's dad saying that he was training for in-ring return. And, I mean, just life comes at you fast, man. You never know when it's your time. Yep. 
and um not to you know just forego this or try and lump this in there like it's not important too but yesterday we lost terry funk legend of the business um probably top 10 all time or should be just considering the longevity and yeah. His influence on the business. He, uh, uh, he was always a top dog wherever he was. He's your rest. He's uh, your wrestlers. He's your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. That's what I always hear about Terry Funk. Yeah, I know Punk loves him. Eddie Kingston yeah. loves him. Moxley, Mick Foley, Taker, Taker, Blair. Yeah. So. I've never, he's one of those guys you never hear anybody say anything bad about. And honestly, uh, you, the same can be said for Bray. Pretty much everybody yeah. loved him backstage and never, I never heard a crossword about him other than fans. Yeah, Funker's been going through a lot of health problems the last couple of years. It's still sad to hear, but he yeah. lived, uh, I mean, he lived a uh, long and you know, he was legendary status in the business. You said top ten. I mean, definitely should be. And especially, I mean, I don't know with Terry. Um, you know, he was seventy nine, early dementia. It's one of those things that yes, it does suck, but you kind of hope he has some peace now. Yeah. With Bray, you just wonder what more. I mean, how how much more could he have given? What more did he want to accomplish for himself? That 36 is crazy young, especially had, in the wrestling business today. He had a surprisingly long run with the company. I remember seeing him on NXT in, like, yeah. what, 2010, 2011. I believe Cody Rose was his pro hmm. uh, when That's he was Husky funny. Harris. Yeah, when he was Husky Harris, he was, uh, what was it, like, 22, 23 at the time? That, crazy to think about he must have been yeah or like yeah he would have had to been 24 maybe yeah um and that speaks too to the original wyatt family gimmick and he was you remember when he debuted they chanted husky harris at him but nobody was chanting husky harris after that no way no and just think all the legends that he got to rub shoulders with when he first got there like he was what 26, 27 when he got back as Bray Wyatt and he was wrestling Kane at SummerSlam. I mean, that's yeah. a big deal. They it's obviously it's obvious that they trusted him. And uh well, they put him with Undertaker. He had matches with with Cena. Randy. Randy, yeah. He's he's uh he had a he had a great career. Yeah, that can definitely be said. Um World champion a couple times. The last universal champion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I forgot. Well, why not? I thought Roman was universal champion. He is, but Roman beat him for it. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And, you know, say what, like you said earlier, say what you want to about The Fiend. It got best gimmick of the year one year, and it got worst gimmick of the year the next year. So... <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. there's something to be said, and uh, I'm probably one of the most interesting storylines last year. With it's really cool to see them start 
delving into some of the tech stuff like they had with the QR codes and the TikToks and you had to follow this to go to that and that was uh um, when that was when Triple H first started taking the book too. A very interesting, intriguing storyline right off the bat they did with the Bray Wyatt return. Yeah. And it was built up well. Um, and the return was done well too. I think it won my moment of the year last year. It was huge. Like everybody was raving about it. Cause then the the Firefly Funhouse characters just popped up around the arena and like you knew it was coming, but you weren't like for sure it was Bray Wyatt and stuff like that's the best. I mean like when Punk returned. You knew Punk was returning, but like there's still that doubt in the back of your mind, like, is is he gonna actually be here? Um So yeah, I mean it's very tragic. I hope we, you know, did his career a little justice here, reminiscing on some stuff that we enjoyed. Obviously, I'm sure we missed so much. He had a pivotal role in Danielson becoming the star that he did. Yeah, I think Danielson gave Bray his best match. They, they had a great match at, what was that, Royal Rumble 2020? And they had a great one at Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble 2014 as well, so... They um, they had some doozies. They had they had mm-hmm. barn burners, and then I never forget that moment where uh, Danielson was in the cage with Bray. Yep. I think they had a tag match with the Usos, and they lost the tag match. And Bray was mad at Daniel, and Daniel finally stood up to Bray, and it got a monster reaction, like Steve Austin level pop when he turned on Bray, man. I, it, it was great moment. Great moment. That's the moment I always remember from that. Um, although, I mean, I guess it just sticks out because of the pop. But yeah, them coming together and Danielson looking real conflicted in the cage, and it was mm-hmm. it was great. And he fit the the like bill of uh, a <laughs> Wyatt family guy. Yeah, he did. He did. He like fit right in with the garbage man suit on. Yeah. But all in all, uh, rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. Go to WWE.com. Like I said, I think they're setting up something for uh, donations for his wife and two kids that he leaves behind. Rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. Rest in peace, Terry Funk. Um, yeah. And, you know, Adrian Street, too, passed away a couple weeks ago. Jay Briscoe at the yeah. beginning of the year. It's just, it's been rough. Yeah, it's been a lot of... We lost a lot of good brothers in the last year, man. Well, let's try and switch gears. Um, obviously, like I said, I don't know. I don't know how well this episode is going to go, but we got two more rumors to get through. We're not going to talk about the punk stuff that happened a couple weeks ago because that just yeah, it's outdated. Yeah, yeah, it's outdated, and it kind of feels like it don't fit with all of what we just talked about, especially. I feel like people. How- like people gotten over it too (laughs) yeah and i don't know some of the stuff that they would drag bray over line recently and then it kind of makes you wonder like how much of this i don't know like i guess people were sitting there dogging bray about like he i bet he don't he just this and then it turns out something like this happens it's like really how much of what is reported is true and at the end of the day like these are people you know, 
I'm not saying that like the Meltzers and the Sean Ross Saps necessarily like lie about what they hear, but things are hearsay. So I just feel like it don't fit right now with really what's going on in the wrestling yeah. world. And who cares that he kicked Dolph Ziggler's brother at the locker room? Who cares? That's true. Who would he ever beat? What, what matches can you name of Ryan Nemeth? Come on now. Well, you know. Yeah, I'm all out of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, next up, um, Edge. Retire oh. well. <laughs> well? Yeah, we're... We'll get to SmackDown a little later. We'll start that off with our weekly review. But Edge um, apparently is taking offers, or he may not be at all. Mm. So rumors have been coming out ever since that the news that this might be his last match for the WWE in Toronto this past Friday, that he might be AEW bound. Um, Oof. Countered uh, with a video today on Twitter saying that not everything you hear is true. Uh, oh well, gosh. let me back that up. A report then came out that they sent him a contract and he countered with something and they weren't offering or they weren't willing to give him that. Edge then denied that rumor in a video, said that he still has the WWE contract extension in his inbox. He is just trying to decide if he is hanging it up or if he wants to go out and perform in front of the people again. Oh, God. Obviously, we've kind of heard stuff like this before, but what do you think? Do you think he's headed to AEW or do you think he's hanging them up? I think he signs an extension with WWE. However, I wouldn't be surprised if he did show up at AEW. Bro, I mean, if you think about it, they kind of gave him the best type of send-off on SmackDown. He got to work with the guy that that um got him back into wrestling when he did that uh, YouTube show with, with Sheamus. He had video packages all over SmackDown. They were showing his, his wife and his children on the broadcast. Uh, there was an em emotional match, and the crowd was hot for I mean, there's really not much they could have done more for that guy as far as a send-off goes. And he got the win. He got the win, too. I remember how they sent off Kurt Angle? I oh, mean, that God. was – he got beat by Baron Corbin on the undercard of WrestleMania in a very forgetful match. I mean, when you compare that to what they gave Edge on Friday, is night and day. That was probably one of the best send-offs they've given anybody. I mean, who does Edge think he is? Oh, turn down the offer from WWE. He's Steve Austin. Oh, come on. It's Edge. Yeah, turn nope. it down. Well, the, so the rumors say that he countered it. <laughs> Brother, be happy that they're giving you another contract, first of all. He, nobody's favorite wrestler is Edge. I'm just... Do you know anybody that says the Edge is their favorite, Micah? Let's be honest here. Come on. Let's I'm be real. Sure there's somebody out there. There's Edge fans, but he's not He's not anybody's favorite. And if we're – you know what? I'm just going to say it. Edge, he was only good when he had somebody to play off of, like Lita. 
that pairing that worked well. They did some really good stuff together. That's what made him a main eventer. His relationship with Lita and the Matt Hardy storyline, which buried Matt Hardy, by the way. And that whole pairing just worked. When he split up from Lita, he floundered. He didn't do much. He had to he had to team up with Vicky Guerrero, which again, great pairing. It worked. When he split away from Vicky Guerrero, uh, did he? Can you remember anything he did after that? That was good. Uh, that was that was good. Come on now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Mike. <laughs> what year was 25? <laughs> WrestleMania 25. That was 2009. Okay, so he had two more years because he retired in 2011, right? He did, but wasn't that 25? Wasn't that to do with Vicky? Because he, yes. um, yeah, because uh, Cena leaked the tape of him banging Alicia Fox or something. Something like that. And yeah. the show was involved too because him and Vicky had a. Oh, yeah. Or something. I like that storyline, but after that, what did Edge do? <laughs> He, no, he tore, his, he, he tore his Achilles, didn't he? And he came back at the Royal Rumble 2010. You're right, yep. But and I don't remember. He faced Del Rio at Mania. That was 27, so that was 2011. He faced Jericho at WrestleMania in 2010. Yes. I do remember liking that as a kid. I know him and Del Rio... Honestly, there's a big like blur in his career from like WrestleMania 25 to WrestleMania 27. Like I couldn't tell you anything. It's I for didn't a reason. Jericho and Edge. Yeah, for a reason. It's it wasn't good. I mean, it probably was okay, but it wasn't memorable. Like Edge is just he just never felt like a upper like like a top legendary figure, like a Shawn Michaels, a Undertaker. Uh, a John Cena, a Edge. Come on, Come on. Well, I always liked him, but he, he was, was just one second of my tier growing up. He always he always felt second tier to me, like not quite, not quite in that legendary status. Like I said, man, he's not a top twenty five guy all time. You're making a list if you're telling the story of professional wrestling, you can leave Edge's name out of it. And the story wouldn't change that much. I mean, yeah, that's fair. But in all honesty, how many guys could you do that with from the past 20 years? Yeah. Okay. Got a point. He's one of the bigger stars of the past 20 years. I think if he wasn't tall and blonde, he wouldn't have got the push he got. That's fair. Now, I will say... (laughs) That. A hot take. That was a hot take. I thought you were gonna push back on that. No, because here's why. For years, my brother, not the one that you know, but my other brother, who like really just he doesn't like wrestling. He just more had to pay attention to it because me and my brother Jacob did. Loved Christian. For whatever reason, he was yes, like, that's Valid. my guy. Valid. And every, I saw a tweet today. I wish I knew who posted it. Every time that Christian leaves WWE, you realize 
wow, this guy should really be in the main event scene, and he's probably better than Edge. And then when he goes back to WWE, it just never clicks. Like, I remember even when he turned heel in uh, 2011 after Edge retired, or he was a major babyface because Edge retired, and he went on that weight championship run. Yeah, he became it a... Didn't, something didn't work. I think they they switched him back babyface too soon. Like, I think he could have... He he had he definitely had more longevity as a heel, but then again, you did have Mark Henry's Hall of Pain at the time, so there really wasn't much room for Christian at the top of the card. But I I think his heel run and our troops heel run in 2011 was cut way too short. That's really funny because I saw something from our troops heel run today where he grabbed that pack of cigs in the UK. Oh my god. <laughs> On, brother. on PG television. I don't think that's ever been done. I don't think it'll ever be done again. That ain't was, even PG. <laughs> that was or great, man. That's PG. That was great. Um, it was. It was good stuff. And then him and Miz fought John Cena and the Rock Survivor Which Series. I was entertained by that duo, too, by the way. Good pairing. Should they be main eventing with the Rock and John Cena? Well, uh, <laughs> Micah, come on now. Oh. Who else? Who else we had? <laughs> who else we had? But he wasn't a heel. He was a baby face. Okay. Well, Orton. You could have did. What, he, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Orton was baby face. Well, I don't remember what alignment they were. I just oh, meant they were in the company. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to get newer guys over. I can understand. Hmm. No, newer. The Miz have been there for like five but years he, at this point, and our truth have been there for. Well, hold on, hold on, there, buddy. They were new to the main event scene. They broke out in 2010, 2011. Mm. They did. Oh come on! I like. <laughs> I love. I love Miz, man. <laughs> but I don't know. I. For years, I was like, oh, nah, Edge is always the best one out of the team. And then you see what Christian's doing right now, and it's like. Uh, yeah, I remember these Christian promos. They're good I stuff. Remember an Edge promo? <laughs> Not recently. I think he had some good ones during the pandemic where he could just there was no crowd and I don't know. They had some underrated promos during that time. But yeah, man, Edge's latest run. What would you What would you rate it? Oh, um, I know you didn't see much of it, but the stuff you did see. Six and a half? I don't know. Most he, of it was very sour once he turned babyface again on the Judgment Day. If they would have kept him with the Judgment Day, I think I would think more highly of it. But it was like... They were cooking, too. I liked that. Yeah, and he looked good with the short hair and... The theme fit and everything worked, and I thought it would have brought Rhea and uh, Damien up. Then they don't do that; they turn him babyface. The feud goes on for a year. Yeah, it went on for a while. It did turn and, Dom heel, though. I mean, yeah, but they could have brought Dom in there with Edge on it. I don't think it was a necessary component. Yeah, it was very um, short lived that that version of Judgment Day. And. I don't know. Other than that, it just feels very stop and start. I will say 
Did I you was, not enjoy the greatest wrestling match ever with Randy Orton? I wasn't back in at that time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were promoting. The tagline for the match was the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> I do remember that being <laughs> said, and I didn't know how they were going to. They said it every single week. Oh, God. Every single time they got an opportunity, they said it just like that. That's because Vince was still in charge, and it was all about <laughs> the buzzwords. Hey, it was a pretty decent match, man. I'm not going to dog the match. It was pretty good. I heard, I mean, I heard positive things. I always heard it wasn't the greatest match of all time, but it was still good. <laughs> well, that's what it was billed as, though, Michael. So if you look up greatest wrestling match ever, <laughs> the Randy Orton Edge match is going to pop up. Oh, God. That's probably why they did it, too, honestly. Yeah, yeah um, it makes sense. Yeah. I will say when he won the Rumble, and it was him and Danielson and Roman in a uh, match at WrestleMania, I did really enjoy that. That was when I was first coming back. That was a really, really good match, and Roman got put over like a beast during that match. When he stacked both of them, two Hall of Famers, pinned them, like, geez, who's going to beat this guy right here? And I really thought they were going to give Edge the title, which I'm very surprised. Too. I'm surprised they didn't, and I was happy that they didn't because I did not want to see that. I just I don't want to see I it just, for nostalgia, but now nah, no, I made the right decision. I don't know if you've ever seen his match with Randy Orton in that fall. I think it was a last man standing match. It was either last man standing or falls count anywhere. At the at WrestleMania, uh, during the pandemic, I think that was thirty six. My God, Micah, it was almost forty minutes of heavy breathing and punches and kicks. It was so painful to watch. I guess they were. I guess they thought that that was going to be a good match, but oh man, that WrestleMania was a hard watch. But especially that match at the Firefly Funhouse match and the Boneyard match saved that WrestleMania because if they didn't have those matches, that would have been like just throw that WrestleMania in the trash, never to be seen again. The Boneyard match was kind of heat. Yeah, I like I, I like the Firefly Funhouse match. Though. It was cool. Some people have a weird like niche for pandemic wrestling, like I guess because of how it made them feel at the time with everything that was going on, but yeah, you know, people, to keep that. People got the nostalgic glasses on for the pandemic era. I will say the promos were handled somewhat better because, you know, there was no crowd to start stupid what chance you could actually get your point across. We'll say that. I mean, that was noticeably better but the matches were lifeless because there was no crowd man i mean if there's no crowd uh, what are we here for yeah that's like half a wrestling yeah but so all in all uh, we went on a <laughs> very long tangent <laughs> but you think edge is gonna resign i yeah. think he's gonna go to aw i think he's gonna team with christian to close out his career christian is heel you gonna turn edge heel no you just turn Christian babyface somehow. That would be a disservice to Christian. I agree, but I'd be I'd be pissed if I was Christian. 
Well, I'm, you know, him and Edge are buddies. I'm sure this is how they want to close their career out. I think that's the only reason Edge is going to too, because Christian's already bound by contract, and Edge isn't. Whoa, so. whoa, 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 whoa. Christian's contract's coming up. Oh, it is? Yeah, it is indeed. Well, could, well, hold up now. <laughs> I still think Edge will sign, because I think that AEW's tag team division is better than WWE's. Oh. Plus, they use uh. buddies with FTR. Yeah, yeah he, Edge is. Yeah, but he has friends in WWE as well. I mean, Sheamus is his bro, apparently, which is what I'm finding out <laughs> a week ago that they were supposedly best friends. And well, you know, they have the the, the illustrious tag yeah. team storyline oh. and uh, okay, history of bike rides and oh yeah, that was a self discovery. That was a majestic bike ride. It was. Yeah. Except when he fell, and that's how he figured out he could wrestle again. Oh, he put us through that. But, speaking of rides... Oh? One Mr. Cash Wheeler went on a ride. Oh, my. A he couple did. months ago. In <laughs> Florida. Of course. And one man was also on this ride with him down the interstate. Oh? Jeff Hardy. No, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> blow, blow. I'm just saying. And one Mr. Cash was apparently in a, a, a mad dash. <laughs> and the guy in front of him didn't use his, he wasn't a good Samaritan. And he didn't use his left and right turn indicator. Oh, and a piece of garbage. Cash, you know. Yeah. Pulled out the Glock on him. Oh, Arn Anderson was in the car then. <laughs> yeah. Spilled, okay. spilled his brains on the concrete. <laughs> All so, right. Uh, we'll close up the rumor mill with this. If you haven't heard about this, Cash Wheeler was indicted um, on. What was that? Assault oh, with a. Was it a deadly weapon? Was that the charge? I don't know. Yeah. And though he didn't even, I mean, I don't know. You will know more about the parameters of what that means, I guess. But I don't know how he got caught. Well, that they don't have proof that he pulled the gun. Exactly. What happened? Yeah, I think that's how he's going to get out of it. But the guy went to the police station, reported it. They pulled Cash's tag, then pulled five pictures and asked the guy to identify who it was, and he immediately identified Cash. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's not enough evidence, so I'm pretty sure Cash will get out of this. And Florida is an open carry state now. Yeah, that too. Um, But how is that assault when they were both in their car? And I I mean, it don't say that he... Or, it don't say it. It doesn't say that he necessarily like told the guy I'm gonna shoot you or shot at him or like pointed the gun at him apparently he just was like like you better come down I got a gun in the car so I don't I don't see how that's assault with a deadly weapon I could see like brandishing or those not those not different things I don't know how like why would he own up to it why would he how would 
I just th- this story is very weird. <laughs> There's not a lot of details that we can like. Couldn't Cash just say what good? Did he really have to own up to it? Well, I don't think he he and, didn't. He he pled not guilty. He just had a warrant out, so he had to at least get arrested so they could take him to court. That makes. I this is this is weird, man. And this is right before their biggest show of all time that probably that they were will ever do. I don't think they will ever get 80,000 people into a stadium ever again, especially how the company is going right now, which I will say that I did enjoy their dynamite, their go home dynamite. So I give them credit wow. for that. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy that. But I don't know, man. Cash. What was he just darting through traffic, cutting people off? I guess I don't. Hey, he might have had you know take the Browns to the Super Bowl. <laughs> we just flashing his gun out the way. <laughs> flashes gun at everybody, you know. He's keeping the keeping the old territory alive. Oh, I don't man. know. It's very careless, and it uh puts it puts Dax in a very tough situation because um, what if they were going to get this win and Cash, you know, waving a gun in traffic? Cost them the titles, man. This is the biggest match of their career. And it might have just got altered because my man couldn't had to bring out the blicky. I mean, there's no reason for that. I just I have a feeling that either way the Bucks are gonna win. I also have a feeling that probably not gonna be convicted. No, uh, but not, I also not at all. He won't. Do you think there's a world where a guy passed him on the interstate and was like, "Oh my god, that's Cash Wheeler," and like doesn't like him or something, and then took a picture of his license plate at the police station? They pulled it, and he was like, "Oh, I know Cash because he's a famous wrestler." So like, boop, that's his photo. He pulled a gun on. Do you think that's there's a world where that could happen? It's possible. I won't say it's not. I mean, could have been, could have been Matt and Nick's long lost brother. You know, trying to enact some revenge on FTR. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's definitely an inconclusive situation that we probably would never get the um, the actual truth. But um, I'm sure all this will get swept under the rug in a month, and nobody will care. Speaking of things we'd like to sweep under the rug, let's go ahead and move to our weekly programming. WWE Friday Night SmackDown. I don't remember where they were, but I can tell you the date. Toronto. August 18th. Oh, yeah, duh. They had Edge's whole thing. <laughs> um, they had the Edge show. Basically, they ran packages and stuff for them the whole night. The packages were done really nice. I mean, obviously... Uh, WWE always does that stuff well. Yeah. So the main event was going to be Edge and Sheamus, but before we get there, the show opens up. This was the equivalent of, like, Dynamite opening with Orange Cassidy. They opened it with Grayson Waller. Ah, come on. And they had a whole kit and caboodle about something. I don't know. You know... He He has a talk show every week, doesn't he? Your guess is as good as mine. He's got something happens to my remote whenever oh, 
him and Orange Cassidy come on my screen. It's just like it just it just keeps going right on by and then it stops at the next segment. It's weird. I, I probably should get it sent back to if something they, with it. They are hell bent on getting this guy over though. I just I don't like his gear. I don't like it. He's got a slappable face, which is good for a heel, but yeah, he just seems like a such a prick. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's actually like. It just seems like he's doing Miz light. Yeah, like people said that about MJF or EC3 back in the day, but no, this guy is definitely a Miz wannabe. It's 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 probably the most egregious out of any of them. He's not I even think that they good. All take elements, but it's not even that good either. It's, did did you say that he is kind of like a Nickelodeon type villain? I mean, it's yes. it's true. It's true. He feels like a low budget Disney movie villain. Yeah, just no. It's lifeless. Like it's just the writers in the back coming up with lame stuff for him to say, and he says it. I mean, he says a lot of stuff, but it doesn't feel like it's actually him yeah and the guy that got at the desk is the same exact way kevin patrick i hate oh he's god down now lifeless doesn't sound like him all yeah. those things are true why do we have michael cole as color commentary that is why get kevin patrick away from that commentary desk and make michael cole the play-by-play guy yeah let Corey do color because I, they gotta yeah. have some but pull Booker back up. My God, anybody they, but. I'm sure he's a nice guy, man. But it's just he is not translating to a play by play guy. I, I don't know. It just everything he says sounds fake to me. And he messes up the the names of the move too. Yeah, and he, I. I don't know. I'm sure that my voice in real life, if any of you ever meet me, is not what you're going to hear. But I at least feel like I sound more real than that guy. Yeah. But anyways, the whole Grayson Waller thing segued into a match between L.A. Knight and Austin Theory. Yeah. Um, For a chance at the United States Championship. This was... Honestly, pretty good. Probably Theory's best match that I can remember off the top of my head in a while because he's felt really flat. And I still think he feels cold, but definitely putting him in the ring with somebody as hot as LA Knight got the crowd going. Miz was yep. on color. Uh, he had a, a little one-liner that said that LA Knight was just a flash in the pan. He's like Fandango without tap shoes or Eugene without crayons. <laughs> I was really shocked to hear him mention Eugene at all, but I mean, hey, or Fandango, rival. Or, oh, come on, <laughs> Fandango too, though, man. You know, he beat Chris Jericho in his debut match at WrestleMania. Oh my God, <laughs> Jericho's still bitter about it to this day too. <laughs> I thought it was okay match though. I didn't hate Fandango. It was over in my house. Oh yeah, I was doing the finger thing. Pause. Anyway, uh, (laughs) so the Miz uh, tried to interfere on Theory's behalf a little later, and I hate it because I don't want this to become an issue for LA Knight, but it kind of feels like there's something every week. There was a bad botch where he went to close up Miz. I don't think it was his fault. 
It wasn't bad. It. Oh, come on now. Miz didn't even get up like a quarter of the way of where he was supposed to go. Bro- brother, what Shane McMahon did at WrestleMania, oh, that God. was a bad buy. <laughs> but not getting over the top for a clothesline. Come on now. That's, that was a botch, but let's not make it seem like it was catastrophic to the, the whole, you know, the whole afterbirth there. No, it just, it looked rough. But anyways, uh, as he clotheslines Miz over, Theory rolls him up, grabs the tight so he gets a cheap win, and Theory gets a shot at the United States Championship against uh, Rey Mysterio, so furthering that story, furthering the LA Knight Miz story, which is kind of funky because they're on two different brands, but, you know, screw it's the weird. brand split, I guess. Yeah, it's weird, but I'm not going to turn down more Miz. I mean, I thought he was great on commentary. He was. He. Uh, this is good. This is probably the most interested I've been in Miz in a while. And uh, the only thing, and I'm fine with LA Knight not getting the win because obviously they screwed him. So if they're going to do it, that's the way to do it. Don't, he's not stone cold. Like he's not impervious to losing, especially since he hadn't been built up as like a Roman-esque. But the crowd was so flat when Theory won. Like it wasn't even like a, you know, oh my God, you piece of crap, you cheated. It was just like a, Oh, Ugh. yeah, but they they protected L.A. Knight with the roll up finish. That's true, and with the the tights. So, like I said, I I enjoyed that aspect. They're furthering both stories, so that makes sense. I I guess I just felt bad for the crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they got. I mean, they got something to cheer for a little later. It was yeah. a pretty it was a pretty decent match. Uh, probably the best. No, no, I won't say the best WWE match of the week because uh, I think Raw they had something that was uh, a little better. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. LA Knight still over. You know, people were bringing the signs. People were chanting along to the to the yeah. And uh, him and Miz is heating up the feud. I'm not hating it. I like Miz. I like LA Knight. Their promos that they're cutting against each other. Is uh really good, so um, I'm here for it. I like it. Yeah. Um, a little later on though, that was a good opening to SmackDown, and then we get to the closing of SmackDown. Edge versus Sheamus. Obviously, we kind of already, I guess, gave our whole lead away, but this was the uh, potential final match of Edge's career. That's kind of the way they built it up. I really expected them to build this up for maybe like a week or two in advance, but... Or like put it on SummerSlam? <laughs> yeah, or... I don't <laughs> know, like re- I figured they would try to pop a rating out of it. Maybe they really wanted to... They Edge really wanted to have his last match, or potentially his last match, in his hometown. That was his chance right there. Well, that's fine, but... I mean, couldn't go two weeks, like... This might be the last time that we see Edge or something. You know, I don't know. They didn't that even the... build it up on Raw because it was like Tuesday when his trainer came out and said, like, yeah, I think this is Edge's last match. And that's when everything snowballed. Yeah, all the internet speculation. They never really said, hey, this is his last match. But you just kind of assume because all the, all the smoke online. But, you know, this is probably one of his best matches since he came back. I was definitely going to say that. Um, 
and it's funny because we mentioned the one earlier that I put as a reference. Edge ended up picking up the win in front of his hometown crowd. Beth and his kids were in the ring or in the ring in the arena. Can, can I say something? Can I say something? Oh, go ahead. Well, they showed Beth a little too much for my liking during this match. Like every move Edge Edge took or gave to Sheamus, they would film Beth. I didn't like that. It distracted me. I think like okay when. Roman and Sammy were fighting in Montreal and they had Sammy's uh, wife on there. To me, her reaction seemed a little more genuine. Yeah. Um, With Beth, it was almost like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like sometimes there's this weird thing with wrestlers that like they know that they're working. So they get, too hokey and it's like they forget how to act like a real person you understand what i mean by that yeah (laughs) and i think she was playing that up just a little bit too much but i didn't i didn't hate it or anything i know i know you're not saying that you hated it but i just didn't didn't stand out to me we didn't need a camera on beth throughout the whole match and we didn't need edge to no sell a superplex either did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I hated that. I didn't like that. <laughs> Especially with him being at his, I won't say dilapidated age, but like oh, I don't man. know, he's he sells more stuff to me now than he used to, and obviously he, you can look at him until he's got some wear and tear on his body. Dang, I could just bury in old people tonight, huh? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Michael shoots. Michael shoots hard on old people, huh? No, you were shooting hard on Edge earlier, saying he's a Gibraltar. Somebody well, I didn't say. Died. Well, I'd never said anything about his age. You calling him old? I mean, what? You got, you got a beef with Edge's age? Well, what do you have against fifty-year-olds, Micah? Hold off on the old, there, brother. <laughs> Think I'm Hulk Hogan? <laughs> Man, I'm not saying that he's old. I'm just saying he's got gray said- hair. Oh man, you called him dilapidated. <laughs> I, I said I didn't want to say his dilapidated age. <laughs> You brought that to my attention, and that's what I equate that you said to him. Jesus, Mike, you hate Ricky Starks? Yeah, right, here Edge. we go. Here I'm, we go. I'm just saying. Gotta call a spade. Spade, Micah. Or are you gonna say I'm sorry? You like to ham it up. Anyways, okay. um, I didn't like the superplex selling spot myself, but I definitely think this was Edge's best match to me since like WrestleMania 37 with the Roman and Daniel Jeez. Bryan. Jeez. Well, I, do do you remember any other matches he had? I'm not saying like, do you remember oh, that he on. had them? But like, <laughs> do you remember them? Oh man, I was about to name some, but then you had to throw out that last caveat. Um, you know, I thought the Finn Balor match in Hell in a Cell wasn't bad. I thought it was fine. It was brutal. There was a ladder. Somebody got busted open. He didn't like that match. No, it wasn't bad. It, I think I was so sick of the feud by the time it got there. It was just that's fair. All right, let's get this over with. But the match itself wasn't bad. I just uh, I don't know. I just like this. Did he have a? Oh, come on. Did he have any matches after WrestleMania? WrestleMania I don't remember seven or oh, you talking about like this past year? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think he came back and fought Theory for the U.S. title at some point, right? 
I don't remember that. Nah, that might have... Uh, I think that was a little after Mania. Yeah. And then he fought Grayson Waller in Madison Square Garden, which... Oh, Jesus, yeah. I think I my finger slipped on that match, and I um, don't... Yeah. You got that same that same remote problem I got. You need to send it off and get it fixed. Yeah, I got, I got a... Yeah, I got to get a new TV, man. There's a... Yeah, just happens to do that during the Edge match, but uh, I give Miss Flowers this you know we got a lot of wrestlers talking about giving each other flowers in television this week we should give edges flowers we're getting there we're getting there ladies and gentlemen Uh, but talk about it you know overall i thought nothing crazy on smackdown a good ending the crowd was pretty solid a good beginning the middle yeah eh. the bloodline stuff is kind of they really didn't do much with it this week yeah I won't say it's at a halt. It's more of just a. Uh, right now they're dragging they're simmering. it a little. Yeah, they're simmering. They're 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 turning the heat down a little bit. That's a good word. Simmering. The uh, street simmering profits. The, the, the street profits had a a decent match with uh, the OC, and they're building something with Bobby and the. Newly heel Street Profit, so I didn't hate that. But if you, if you miss SmackDown, you really don't have to watch much. Just watch the Edge Sheamus match because that was a pretty good match. But everything else, you can pretty much just skip. Yeah, you can just read the results for the rest. And if you like reading, I'd like to announce one of our sponsors here on the Scoop Slam podcast, Audible. If you enjoy reading. I'm sure you like audiobooks. You obviously like listening to our podcast, so they all go hand in hand. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free month of Audible Premium Plus, plus up to two free audiobooks. All you have to do is go to the link in the description of this podcast or any of our social media pages. It's on our link tree, and it is the very top link. If you just want to type it into your Chrome, if you want to go ahead and get there phone or safari whatever browser you prefer it's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash scoop slam pod one more time that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash scoop slam pod click the top link go get you free month audible premium plus go get you two free audiobooks and make sure to tell us that you enjoy the audiobooks on one of our social media pages and we'll be glad that you signed up, and you'll be glad that you signed up. Moving forward, though, it was Saturday night, and it was all right for fighting. Mm-hmm. But uh, the show wasn't all right. No, no. Uh, I don't want to talk it because I love Collision, but this wasn't my favorite mm-hmm. episode. There was a whole lot of nothing on this, man. It, it was kind of building, but... The Bullet Club stayed out there way too long, and without like an actual feud progressing that I care about, because they got one with Kenny, but I don't care about that. Um, eh, I think still, they need someone to lead them. Still, I'm still not sold on Jay White. I'm still not seeing it. I will tell you who did impress me on promos from New Japan uh, on Dynamite. Ooh, ooh, that yeah. Okay. Really, I was like, I think people have been sleeping on this guy and been hyping up Jay White as this guy, but 
I mean, he's not bad. I think maybe he just needs to cook, and they need something to, like, actually heat them up. Because they had the whole FTR thing, and after that, it's kind of simmered. And I don't really care, again, like I said, for the Kenny stuff. I'm not saying that it's bad. It's just not for me. I would rather see a singles feud with uh for Kenny. Like, why Absolutely. couldn't we get... Why couldn't we get him versus uh, Takeshka? Bad all in or all out, either one. I mean, I guess they could do it for uh, all out, but the card is still subject to change or announced. I don't. I think they only have two matches announced for all out right now. Yeah. Which I think they've uh, sold like most of the tickets already, but it's more of like pay per view buys. Where Where are they at? Uh, I honestly don't know, but I can probably get you a number real quick. They're in Chicago, but are they at the big building or are they at the um the smaller building? Oh, I thought you were talking about like how many tickets have they sold. They're at the United Center, I'm pretty sure. Wow. That's a big building. I don't know if they can feel that, man. Like, I don't think they can feel it, but I think they're over ten K. For collision, man, that place was empty. And they were at they were at Rupp Arena, which can seat like over twenty thousand people, but I don't think they need to be booking these big buildings like this. Yeah, and Rupp Arena already is, I mean, it's freaking huge. But even if you rope it off, it's still pretty big. I just, why not save your money? If you can fill it, fill it. But they haven't in a pretty good while now. So maybe there's still some carryover from when they were a little hotter in the States. I don't know. I don't know how long you got to book in advance. I would Um, just much rather them be in the smaller arenas because they would just make for a better atmosphere live. Like it's easier it's easier for three thousand people to, you know, light up an arena in a max four thousand arena seat stadium than when they go to those big arenas like Rupp that seats twenty three thousand and you only got two thousand there and they're making noise, you know, just as much as the three thousand people in the other arena but you can't hear them because the arena's so big yeah it's just it's all about acoustics and they always have weird uh setups anyway so anything they can do to make it sound like a better atmosphere i'm in favor for um they've already sold nine thousand tickets for that's all bad. out in that's the not united good. center that's not good bro there's that's a big arena that's like twenty one thousand people. Well, they're only set up for ten. Oh, okay. Well, that's still. Well, don't don't book that building. Yeah, I don't know why they couldn't go to the Now Arena. Isn't there another yeah. one that, that's where was uh Money in the Bank twenty eleven? Uh, that's at the Allstate Arena. Okay. Which is American the, Airlines oh. Miami. You got the American Airlines Center and you got American Airlines Arena. Uh, I believe American Airlines Arena used to be where where um, where Miami Heat played, but I don't think they call it that anymore. I think they got a new name, like Crypto Arena. Yeah, you know they do stuff like that. Yeah, get that crap out of here. That's Staples, yeah. once and forever. Always. Um, but anyways, back to Collision. I will say just a slight note. I do like the pairing of Starks and one Big Billard. Um, I think that'll work well. I just hope that they actually keep them together. Yeah. Yeah. 
because yeah. they have a uh, tendency to start stop with Starks and Hobbs. So you you don't think it's a little redundant with Starks and Big Bill, and then you got Kristen and Luchasaurus. Maybe, but I think there's different appeals there because Christian's more of a veteran and he's more of like a slimy, like, I don't know, businessman. He's going to talk, he's going to out talk you and outthink you and outwork you. Whereas Starks is just a uh, work to everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't still, even, I wasn't even thinking still, about that. That still tickles me. <laughs> It's so funny you say that because I saw it on his Titantron, and I was going to tell you that that it still cracks me up. Um, but, but I think Starks is more of like a cocky heel who is just so, going to be. So it's basically it's basically MJF and Wardlow rehashed. Are you, which one are you comparing that to? Ricky Starks and Big Bill. See, I would compare it more to like Dolphin Drew. Um, and then I would compare like Christian and Luchasaurus to maybe MJF Wardlow. Uh yeah, I guess. Man, it's kind of the same, like the Sean and Diesel. It's the same, yeah, same thing. It's just on the same show, uh, and they're doing it at the same time. Like it'd be different if they did this, like the Big Bill and Ricky Starks pairing at one point, and then down the line they had a Christian Luchasaurus pairing at different points. In- in time, but they're doing this on the same show at the same time. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I'll give it a shot. I could see it. And hey, they may not be doing Christian Luchasaurus much longer if Edge comes in. But speaking of Christian, he was in the main event. Um, for was it for a shot at the TNT title or was it just nothing at all? I honestly don't remember. Thought they just said a non-title match, but I could oh. be wrong. I could be a, an eliminator match, isn't that what they call it? Yeah, that's true. But typically, though, those have the champion in them. I don't know. I mean, Christian is TNT champion, but no, oh, of course, yeah. Um, my match of the week though was this. I really love this match. Um, wow, probably one of Christian's best in a long time. I know he's had a, you know, not a huge catalog, but. Darby is so freaking good at being a sell in the piss out of everything, babyface. Uh, I got a couple notes. First, the crowd, which we already hit on, just was not great. But Darby really got them up later when he was doing, you know, the dives, and he was finally coming back after Christian had just beat the dog piss out of him for about fifteen minutes. Um. One of those was the drop kick to the outside. It was really nice. And then when he climbed up to the top and did the coffin drop onto the apron as Luchasaurus snatched Christian away. Ooh, there is no yeah. way, dude. I know that just knocks all the wind out of him. Yeah. Bro hates his back. <laughs> Needs to talk to Hogan. <laughs> um, let's see. Darby well let me let me try and set the scene here okay so christian was on the top row and he sunset flip darby darby then lands pop rolls over pops up on his feet and is just kind of out on his feet 
Christian then pulls himself up with the ropes, hits a spear. Darby sells the spear like he just got hit by Goldberg in 98. Just a crazy little sequence that I really loved. I honestly think Darby's probably one of my favorite people to watch in the ring right now. Dang. Because of stuff like that. He just, he's my new Jeff Hardy, man. Like, that's why I love Jeff as a kid, and I, I can see that in him. So you like guys that take a look at Micah? That what you saying? <laughs> well, I mean, you love Ziggler too, so yeah. I'm about to say I love Ziggler, yeah. so I guess you, I guess you could say that. All right, okay, yeah, I like I like Darby too, man. And in, in ring, I'm not a, I'm not exactly, I'm still not sold on his promos yet, but he's definitely better than what he used to be. He and, you know, yeah, yeah, it's not completely. You know, he's not Cash Wheeler or nothing out there, but I thought, you know. stupider on Dynamite, though. Oh, man. (laughs) Big fan of Christian. Like Darby and Ring. Pretty good main event. Man, what else can you say? Is it your match of the week or is yours coming up? Uh, I enjoy the match. I don't know if I prefer. I enjoyed it though. But what do you think about the afterbirth um, with Darby and? Uh, I just I think it was a little too. You know what I mean? I think Christian should have just taken his loss. Darby should have left through the arena, and they could have kind of ended the show like that. Where obviously Darby's hurting, got a quick Wait. win. Wait, wait, what happened? I didn't, I turned it off after the match was over. What happened? Oh, man. No, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. What happened? (laughs) So, after the match, Tony Schiavone comes in the ring. Okay. He's talking for a minute. And then Christian just pummels him from behind. And they Wait, beat he beat up Shivani? He beat up Shivani? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. He beat up Darby. I wish he beat up Shivani. <laughs> I am about to say, I, I missed that. No, he beats up Darby, and then he makes Shivani count one, two, three, and then announce, and still your TNT champion, Christian Cage. But I just, <laughs> That's I, it kind of felt like it went too long. Uh, yeah. To me, I would have rather had Darby kind of like run through the crowd, like running away from Luchasaurus or whatever. And then you could have that shot of like Christian where he's like, I can't believe I just to this dork. And then you can also have the shot of Darby like uh, he escaped with his life type thing. Uh, Christian gotta get his heat back. But I don't think Christian loses anything by losing to Darby. I mean, he lost an eliminator match, Mike. That's a big deal. Now Darby's probably gonna be the number one contender and face Chris. You know, I can see why Christian would want his heat back. Yeah, he just put over the kid. I beat him up. Get your heat back, man. Nothing wrong with that. I don't know. I just... Uh, I think it could have been without it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Christian... If it was I, if it was Ricky, okay. But with Christian, I don't think he would have lost anything. Especially then what happened on Dynamite. Uh, wait a minute. Ricky did do that. <laughs> Against... Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat after the match. <laughs> exactly. I, I was more of a fan of that because Ricky oh, okay. needs his heat back. 
Okay. You see my point. We can agree to disagree, but... Yeah, we can throw out this whole collision, though. It wasn't my favorite. I can't defend this one. I've defended the other ones, and I did like seeing Dog Castle. I do want to shout out. I want... I wish they would keep him on the main roster or rotation with Collision. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't... I think a lot of it was Punk not having a pivotal role, and then if Punk's not going to have a pivotal role... FTR needs to. Wait, they weren't even now. there. The Golden Vampire did have a pivotal role. Well, I I liked that, but it was like five minutes. That's why I didn't even <laughs> put it on the sheet because I was like, it was cool, but yeah. we just hit the high spot. Oh, yeah. Call us the elite. Anyways, we'll move on. Uh, Monday Night Raw from this past week had a, uh, two major things. Kind of sad for a three-hour program, but... What Dang. I'm assuming is your match of the for the Intercontinental Championship, the Ring General Gunter versus the wildly popular Chad Gable. All of a sudden, um, really good match. Probably the best match on Raw that I've seen in a good while. And that's kind of funny. That's kind of how this whole week was. It was Best match of Edges in a while. Best match of Christian, Christian. in a while. <laughs> Best match of Raw, because Raw never has good matches. But um, Well, they they have good matches. It's just always on commercials, so we don't see them. Yeah. Oh, trust me, this one, when I was skimming through on Hulu, I was like, do I start the match here? No, I can tell where the ad break is, and it's a minute 30 to the ad break. Okay, we're going to start it after the ad break. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Gunther beat the piss out of them. They had a very good back and forth. Goes to the outside. Gable reverses a couple moves. Slaps Gunther into the ring post. Ends up winning by countout. So really shocking result. Really good match. Um, honestly, in my opinion, one of Gunther's best matches. And not that he's a bad match. Just this one stands out to me. More than the Drew match at uh, SummerSlam as well. Yeah. So the, all in they all, got some great chemistry. They got some great chemistry together, man. I I would definitely enjoy uh, maybe an Iron Man match with these guys, or two out of, two out of three falls. Maybe they got to run it back. And I don't know if I said this on the pod or we were just talking on the phone, but I think the guy to beat Gunther is Chad Gable. He's got the reaction. He's got the in-ring work. He's got a gimmick, whether you like it or not. I mean, some people like it. Some people don't. A lot of people online don't like it, but then when you hear the live reactions, uh, it sounds over to me. Hmm. But, yeah, man, him and Chad Gable and Gunther have some really, really great chemistry. And if Chad can take this title off Gunther, I, I don't think I would hate it. My only thing, I don't think I would hate it. My only thing is, could you see Chad Gable being a world champion? I could. However, not doing the shoes thing. I don't see it that way. I can see him, see him being a heel, kind of like a Kurt Angle type heel 
in the early 2000s, you know, kind of goofy at times, but he could get serious and he could go in the ring and he could hang with main event guys. And he is legitimate because he is an Olympic wrestler. I mean, a lot of people don't don't talk about that, but my man did. He was at the 2008 Olympic Games. I mean, not a lot of Olympic wrestlers have been in WWE. Uh, you got him and you got the jabroni from NXT. What's his name? Gable Stevenson, yeah, and Kurt Angle. So that's the list right there of all the Olympic wrestlers in WWE history. And you know, I can see him being a, a world champion down, especially with two. They got two world titles now, Micah. You you can't see him winning one of those. I think it's the size. Like he he's built. Don't get me wrong. He's just kind of small. Like he's not doll size. Nah, I think Dolph's bigger than him, or at least he looks bigger. Maybe a little taller, but I mean they're similar build. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about height, not like. Width. Oh yeah, he he is about five eight. But I mean, you always talk about Carmelo Hayes and NXT. Carmelo Hayes is almost as short. I think he is shorter than Chad Gable. I mean, I guess you got a point there, but he feels like a bigger personality to me. Carmelo does. But at the same time, honestly, I was going to say this earlier, completely forgot about it, but I, the way that Darby has momentum right now and can get the people behind him, I could honestly see him being world champion at some point in time. And you couldn't see Gable doing that same thing. They're about, he's about similar build. I think he's actually more jacked than Darby, but they're similar height. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely more Jack than Darby, but that don't necessarily. And he's he's legit. He's legitimate though, Michael. I mean, he's an Olympic wrestler. He can tie up pretty much ninety percent of the roster. Like he could hook anybody on the roster, Michael. I mean, maybe not Brock Lesnar. He's probably not doing nothing with Brock Lesnar. But then again, not a lot of people would. But he's he's legitimate athlete. I mean, he's not Orange Cassidy out there. Yeah. I. I don't know. I just saw a picture of him and Ziggler. Ziggler looks maybe like four inches taller, but no, come on. <laughs> no, on, I'm I'm serious. He he is. He's a couple of inches taller than him. What Ziggler like five ten? Gable's what five eight? Come no, on. I think Dolph is like shoot six foot. I I don't know about that. <laughs> it's close. It's close. Well, I'm sure he's got his college stuff up. Well, he's lit. Okay, he's listed as six foot. For WWE, what was he um, at Kent State? At Kent State, yeah. what was his height? Which he wasn't fully grown, mature. Oh come on, man! There, but oh man, he grew he grew a couple inches in WWE, Micah. Yeah, he was he was eighteen. He was no eighteen when he signed with WWE. Stop it. No, not eighteen. I'm talking about when he was. Uh, he stayed in college four years. I think they measure well, him after every season. <laughs> You don't know that. I think they do. They have weight and they measure height and stuff like that. They're season. You're probably right. I don't. Some okay. Some things say he's five eleven. Some say he's six foot. But I, you're probably right in your assessment that Gable's probably like five eight. He's no yeah. Johnny Gargano. I give you that. They probably similar height. <laughs> Well, it don't come off that way on TV, but oh, I, and he would he would tie up Gargano. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Gargano's more closer to Darby size. Yeah, 
I wouldn't hate Gable winning it. It, it needs you, to definitely go to somebody they're going to propel to a bigger spot. So if that means it's Gable, and that that little finisher he has, that Chaos Theory suplex, that thing is that that's a nice suplex. He does a deadlift to Gunther, and Gunther's a big boy. Yeah, I don't, remember he did it to Braun at WrestleMania. Yeah, he's got incredible core strength, which I mean you have to have to be an amateur, but that's that's crazy because Gunther's yeah. legs like were they were gonna touch the ground yeah um swing all that weight it was he's good in the ring i i do kind of wish that jason jordan was still around so they could dominate the tag division but it is what it is so yeah, supposedly Raw, oh, supposedly he was the agent for that match jason jordan yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense because Gable and him obviously have some chemistry and he knows what Gable can do. And Gunther's Gunther. Yeah. I think he could wrestle a broomstick at this stage. He's good. He's uh, he's going to do some big things in 2024. But what were you he saying could... about Raw? Oh, I was just going to move on to the Shinsuke promo. That was a little later. Oh, oh okay. Raw rolls on. It does. Very slowly, unless you watch the hour and a half Hulu version. But Seth Rollins and Shinsuke have had a little back and forth thing going on. Uh, Shinsuke mm. had a a surprisingly good backstage. I won't say promo, uh, pre-tape, probably the better yeah. word. Yeah. Uh, in Japanese with subtitles. And he said that what he whispered to Seth a couple weeks ago was, I know about your back. Apparently Seth has been dealing with a back for a couple years, Mm. and he's wrestling through it. Who told him? How'd he know? Well, he's a martial artist. (laughs) He knows these things. (laughs) Okay, all right. I will say this. As a guy who is not a big proponent of Shinsuke Nakamura in 2023. Nope. This is probably the best I've seen him since I started watching again. I missed his whole thing with AJ, but this worked for me. Yeah, it, and it it like added some fuel to the fire, made it a little more personal. It it got his point across cuz they had subtitles, so he got to speak freely. And not get whatted on a live promo like he usually does when he mm-hmm. goes out there and tries to talk. This was well done. I hope they do more of it. They do. They pull this off sometimes, but this should be the Shinsuke formula going forward. Like the UFC style backstage sit down. This should be what Shinsuke does. Don't UFC? Don't they do that? Mostly, Michael. You know, I'm a casual UFC guy. Um. Yeah, I guess in like the uh, the pre-fight hype package, they will interview each fighter uh, like right before the fight goes on. It's not something that they play throughout the show or anything like that, but yeah. So say like this past weekend was Aljamain Sterling versus uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Props to Sugar Sean for knocking out Aljamain Sterling, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happy for him. But, yeah, like, basically a hype video right before the fight. They interview Aljamain because he was like, 
you know, I'm the king of the division, and Sugar Sean wants to be a superstar, but he's not there yet. And then Sugar Sean, I am going to prove that I'm a superstar. He thinks I'm just being cocky, but I'm not. And so, yeah, it, it's kind of like that. Um, I will say I do kind of find it funny that it took WWE this long to realize that if you just let the foreign language uh, wrestlers speak their native tongue in a promo with subtitles that will actually get them over instead of trying to get them to speak broken English. But yeah, we got to give props to triple H though. Cause this is uh he, he did this periodically in NXT. I'm not gonna say periodically. He did this quite a bit in NXT, but this is definitely a triple H thing. Good. Cause it, yeah. Go ahead. Even Tony. Oh no, you're good. Even Tony can, because me and you talk about this all the time on the pod, and I think people might get upset about it, but uh, a person who does not speak English is going to have an extremely hard time getting over in America because there's just that disconnect. Now, in AEW, it might be a little better because, obviously, if you can just do cool moves, that will get you over there. I'm not even trying to say that as a knock. It's just the God's honest truth. But, or you can do comedy. And they like that too. Well, don't don't bring that up. <laughs> but um, in WWE, they try to like force you to say English, and a lot of times it just does not connect well with the audience. I know when we were live at SmackDown and Oscar had a backstage thing with EO and I think Charlotte and Bianca, I could not understand what she was saying, and I'm not even trying to be. Any kind of way, just being honest. Yeah. So it's hard to connect. I this was great. It's hard to connect with the audience if you are struggling to cut a live promo. And if the audience ain't playing ball with you by shouting what or, you know, being obnoxious, you know, it's only, um, it's only so far you can get with those type of in-ring promos but the backstage sit-down stuff should be shinsuke's thing going forward in my opinion absolutely how did they get him over the first time like when him and aj were going at it well he was still relatively new and the fans still had that honeymoon period so yeah he just he didn't really cut any promos that whole year i mean he cut a few but they were kind of backstage segments where you get interviewed by, like, Renee or something like that. I don't know, man. It was weird because he won the Royal Rumble. He beat, he eliminated Roman Reigns. Like, who convinced, crap. Who convinced Vince McMahon that that guy should eliminate the top, the biggest star in the business and be one of the marquee matches at WrestleMania, which he was. Him and AJ were had a very lackluster WrestleMania match which ended in a heel turn by Shinsuke when he low-blowed AJ. And then they had a bunch of more lack- lackluster matches in the months follow. So, and then after that, he just kind of floundered. He did some mid-card stuff. Uh, uh, Intercontinental title runs, U.S. title runs. And I think Sami Zayn was his manager for a little while during the pandemic, which was even more weird because Sami just stopped wrestling. He just a manager and thought they were underutilizing him, but I'm sorry, Mike, what was the question? 
Uh, how did Shinsuke get over uh, in like 2018? Yeah, just uh, I don't know, man. The crowd was just playing ball. It was still the honeymoon period. Understandable. Yeah. Well, it's not the honeymoon period for AEW Dynamite, and they've been oh. subject to lots of criticism here on the podcast. However, well, this is probably one of my favorite episodes of Dynamite in a while. I was uh, I was ready to argue with you. On the show, Micah, I saw that first match, and I was like, okay, this is going to be a rough show. Oh, but I didn't I w- see the match. I saw the fast-forward button. but Oh, come, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were in for a bad show when that was the opening match. But, um, yeah, uh, you want to start us off, Micah? I will do the honors. As you do. John Moxley faced Ray Phoenix, and uh, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I paid a whole lot of attention to that as I was dozing last night. But the aftermath is what really kind of woke me up. Um, So as the Blackpool Combat Club are pummeling Ray Phoenix, Eddie Kingston and Penta run down to help. Well, run down. well, Well, we had Alex, too. Oh, yeah, and Alex, and they were <laughs> kind of, they were at A speed. I won't say it was a fast speed. It was A yeah. speed. Yeah, what was up with that? They were not hurried. He, he had a crowbar point at his head, didn't he? Yeah, like they were choking <laughs> Phoenix out. I don't know, man. It was, it was weird. This was wasn't weird. my favorite thing of the night. But so Ortiz, I don't know if he walked out there with him, but all of a sudden he just appeared in front of him. Like, stop. Yeah, I didn't know who it was at first. He like Bruno Mars. Um, <laughs> Come on, man. With that. <laughs> Come on. Come on now. <laughs> Bruno uh, Mars made it right. <laughs> Come on. Can you imagine? <laughs> I wouldn't hate it. Hey, I wouldn't hate it. Or Pharrell. It might well, seem crazy what I'm about to say. Come on now. Hey, hey man. Rick Ross had a pretty memorable cameo. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bruno Mars stepped out in front of Eddie and Penta, <laughs> and then some music came on, and Taz did his best. Whoa, who was that? Even though it flashed the name on Titan Tron, but that's all right. I get this pass. Uh, Santana appeared, and mm. he powdered Eddie Kingston and Penta, which I was flabbergasted by because I thought that they were in cahoots with Eddie, right? I thought so, but on commentary, they were explaining it as, oh, the last time we seen Ortiz and Santana together, they were teaming with the Blackpool Combat Club in the Blood and Guts match. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, they did. See, I forgot about that, because I thought they were with Jericho at that point, but... They split off, remember? Yeah. But do you remember why they were in the Blood and Guts match fighting with the BCC? Uh, what? Huh? Um, yeah, of course I remember. It was, uh, you know, the appreciators were appreciating at that point, And those guys, Santana and Ortiz, were not appreciative of Jericho. I don't remember, man. I don't remember. I don't know. No, you tell me. I mean, you're on the right track. Okay. They were fighting with Eddie 
Eddie didn't like the Blackpool Combat Club. So they were only there because of Eddie. Oh, so why yeah. does it make sense for them to beat up Eddie and join the Blackpool Combat Club? Well, did they ever beat up Eddie? I think they just beat up Phoenix and Penta, right? No, they didn't they, really touch Eddie. They, like, they clotheslined him in the back of the head. Or Santana did. Oh, Santana just don't like him. <laughs> well, apparently don't like Ortiz either, but that's yeah. besides the point. It's good to see they're back together. Yeah, I mean, they're a good tag team. They act to the tag division. Just keep they're them better, trios. They're better together than they are apart, I must say, though. That's true. I think Santana wants to be a main eventer, but I think he's got a ways to go. And Yeah. There's really no there's really no spot for him. Yeah. Especially not in AEW. Maybe maybe in like Impact or something. Not with a name like Santana. I mean, what's his first name? Uh, that that his first name? Santana? Okay. All right. What's his last name? Maybe he needs like well, a you know. tagline like yeah. Big Bill. I mean, so we get you know medium size Santana. <laughs> medium Santana. <laughs> Mid Santana. Oh come on now. <laughs> he he ain't bad. I do feel like it's been seen him, but, but yeah, I don't know. It just was weird, and then yeah, all of a sudden the best friends walk out. Well, well, well. We didn't even talk about the best part where <laughs> Finnish got hit in the head with a crowbar. Oh, honestly, there were so many moving parts. I don't even think that. Bro, he he he, he clocked him with the crowbar. <laughs> and then oh, the then the ambulance came in to scoop him up off the canvas. You don't remember that? I remember them taking him off the canvas. I just didn't see him get hit with the crowbar. Bro, he plot he should be dead because I mean crowbar is a freaking crowbar, man. No, I no, mean, no. Apparently to my wife, I'm just so wrong about what blunt instruments are and getting stabbed in the head with a screwdriver with a running start would not kill you <laughs> or a crowbar oh man crow he should at least they stretched him off and he got an ambulance but i don't know it was very violent yeah but then what really got me about that too is as they're about to clock him with the crowbar the best friends come down and they don't run no they walk a, yeah, they just walk to the ring. A, a brisk walk, a power walk to the ring. Yeah, what I said earlier, a speed. I won't say a fast speed, but they walk at a speed. No, no, but Micah, so after they, after the BCC gets out the ring, they just stand there. Like, they're just outside. Why can't they just get, is there like an imaginary barrier over the ring? Why can't they just jump over the ropes and start beating up the Blackpool Combat Club? Well, Eddie is a wizard. He beat Jericho and got his wizard powers, so he put a hex on the ring so they couldn't get out there. But don't, don't you see, Micah, if somebody was beating up your friend and they clocked them with a crowbar and they're literally 10 feet away from you and they're just staring at you, wouldn't you try to do something about that? Well, I mean, uh, yeah. I he was getting... I really agree with you. It's not, it's not like it's not like Phoenix was just in the ring alone. I mean, he was getting medical attention. So they could have just left him there with the, you know, with the, the people to they about to scoop him up off the canvas and take him to the hospital. They could have they could have left him with them and start beating up the Blackpool Combat Club, right? 
You would think. Yes, you, know, you know, you know, these people don't think it through that much. I, that they should just hop the bar- barricade, man. Just left town. I don't know. Just kind of felt weird that they were just standing there. Moxley probably thought it was dope to stand there. Um, but though I promise, I know we just dug into AEW, but after this, this is where the show really picked up. Um, yeah. The Jericho Will Osprey contract. Oh boy. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it because, as we know, Jericho favorite on the pod. Um, no, but we have mentioned that when Jericho is serious, he's good. We did mention that. That's true. And I think he is taking this serious because he knows that this will probably have the most eyeballs on it. And I'm, it sounded like he was sick and tired of people online. <laughs> Sorry, Hannah was like, I need to cough. And I was like, well, well, cough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. Yeah, I think some of it, I was thinking that same thing with like, I think he's taking a little pot shots at like kind of what people have criticized him for, like zapping all the, the yeah. goodwill out of the new hot star. I think he does, but, um, you know, I will say this, and I talked about it earlier in collision. What people hyped up Jay White as in terms of promo ability, that is Will Ospreay. This oh. w- really impressed me. I was ready to hate it, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I was ready to hate it. I saw him come out there. Looked like he was, like he just came from the gym. He had some, what, he had some sweatpants on and soccer collar. Jersey. Yeah, a soccer jersey and a hat that was kind of halfway on. You know, like a slob. And then he fired up on Jericho. I don't know what. I don't know what he was saying half the time, but he he meant everything he was saying, and he was serious. That's kind of what take that away from him. I got a little tickled with the uh, the verbiage, but I mean he's from the UK, so obviously he speaks a little a, different over there. What word was he saying after everything? Like every sentence he would say, was he saying "bruh"? What was he saying, bro? What? Yeah, so it, that's what I wrote down. If is you that a UK? Past, well, they they don't say bruh. They say bruv with a V. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, for God. you across the pond. Oh well. Yeah, I don't mean to bury our UK listeners, but <laughs> well, you get a little burial. Yeah. That lost thirteen colony lead. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, he had the, the oi and the bruvs and the mate every time, but he did a, a good job in his first major promo. He did. He said mate a bunch. <laughs> yeah, I, you're right, man. It's just funny when you say it. <laughs> I mean, he, that's it's Vince Russo's bro. Wrestling. But this was probably... This is the first like major promo I can remember on like the stage that he's cut. Um, yeah, and I thought he did a really good job. And he mentioned that his contract is up with New Japan in yeah months. This is where he lost me when he said, "I'm gonna be I'm gonna be worth millions of dollars." I'm like what? Wait, hold up now. 
I don't know what AEW's contracts are, but ain't no way he's getting a million dollars from WWE. You don't think? Bro, he said millions of dollars. Millions? Come on now, Micah. This how ain't, much, how much this Seth, ain't Steve man? Austin, man. But Seth didn't come in making $2 million. I mean, come on. I know that, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, is like, what is, okay, what's a guy like maybe Dolph making? He's probably making a meal. Okay, well, Dolph might be a bad example because he's got tenure. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. You think a guy like Shinsuke came, you think a guy like Shinsuke came in making millions of dollars in WWE? No. No way. No. I mean, maybe, probably not, but it's a different landscape. WWE's got more money than they ever had. Plus, they definitely probably don't want him going to AEW. Why? Uh, is he going to move the needle for AEW? Let's be, I like the promo he cut, Micah, but we're getting, come on now. We're crowding this man the next rock when he's, uh, he's not there. He's not at that level, man. <laughs> he's not going to be worth millions of dollars. Let's just, let's just say that. Uh, well, okay. Maybe not right now. However, I could see WWE making a big move for him because I think he is main roster ready. I think. Oh, that... come on. Come on. No, I don't think he would go to NXT. Seriously. He's. When he comes NXT up. NXT went be... to NXT. That was a different NXT, though. What's different? They got more eyeballs on it now than they did back then. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, is that was more of an end. Like you had guys that stayed down there for years, well known in the independence, Adam Cole's, Tommaso Ciampa, stuff like that. The new NXT is more focused on the raw college athletes that they get. I honestly think Osprey would jump straight to the main roster. But they still got some standout in- indie guys in NXT. Let's not make it seem like they completely gutted all the independent pipelines resources they have. I mean, they got Dijak. He was a standout in ROH. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, he was on the indies as a, uh, um, I forget his name, Casanova or something. But I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's still technically NXT. They're doing more viewers now than they ever did when they were on the WWE Network. So having a guy like Will Ospreay on a show that does – Almost as much as Dynamite does every single week, viewership-wise, I don't think that would be such a bad thing. I really don't. I just, I just have a feeling if they signed him, he would be going to the main roster. But anyways, the match itself. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are you yeah. expecting? I'll say this. The promo they did, it got me... It did a good job of selling a match that I really did not care about. Say that. Would the best way to term it be morbidly curious? I'm sure Will Ospreay is going to go all out. He's. Yeah. I'm not so sure who's supposed to be the babyface here. Because... It, I think Jared... Ospreay is not getting booed in the UK when he is from the UK. And he just made the New Japan U.S. champion. He just like put a uh, England flag on it and dubbed it the 
UK champion or something to that effect. I don't know. I don't watch New Japan, but there's no way he's getting booed. There's no way Will Ospreay's getting booed. So I, I don't know. I'm yeah, I'm curious as the crowd reaction and what Jericho can do at this stage, which probably isn't much. But this this is one of the few singles matches that they have on the card. So this is probably one of the only matches I'm gonna actually watch throughout. Yeah. I maybe I'm giving a benefit of the doubt. I think it'll be good. I think Jericho will go, you know, balls to the wall because it's eighty thousand. Um, I don't even know if we actually talked about this now that's coming up in my mind, but this is the highest attendance ever. Like they broke the record, so Oh, um, uh, well, hold up now. North Korea still has that record. No, not paid attendance. Come on, that don't count. <laughs> hey, it, it, it happened. And it's it happened. crazy because when they first did it, me and you talked on the pod about if they got 40, that would be that would be good for them. Yeah. And they doubled us up. So props they to them. They're trying to, some people are trying to take the piss out of it. Uh, Raj Geary. But oh come on, I like Raj. No, dude, he's a, I bet you do like Raj. He's such a <laughs> like WWE diehard. Oh no, no. Yeah, okay. You know what? I'm gonna find I a like tweet Raj. for you because this I listen I, to his podcast. Almost, <laughs> no, there's no way I could. Yeah, hey. he's, he's a good guy. Well, I don't I'm not gonna talk about his moral character, it's more of just the fact that he Man, he just likes storylines, and he doesn't just like matches for the sake of matches, which I agree with. And that's no. usually the AEW way for building these pay-per-views. Matches just to have matches. It's not even that. It's it's the fact that, like, any time he can, he really tries to undercut AEW. And even with this event, like, okay, you, for example... You're not a big e. AEW fan. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, you know, not an AEW hater by any means, Micah. You know, I'm very, I'm unbiased on this podcast. Sure. But <sighs> you will give them credit when credit is due. I don't think you try to, to undercut them constantly. Huh. No, of course not. Whereas he posted something, and of course I can't find it, but he posted something the other day that was, yeah, I know they sold 80000 but, and it was like, dude, just come on. Like, they they, they got 80,000 people. In. They're a five-year-old company. That, it, that deserves some congratulations. Like, it doesn't have to but be undercut all the time. Well, how much of that is the mass hysteria? They uh, they announced no matches, and they got 80,000 people in there. Man. But it don't matter. It's still 80,000 people. It don't matter how they got in there. It's a crowdfunding event. It's not, I just, I don't know. They will never get 80,000 people in a stadium again. <laughs> well, probably not, because only, it's only been done like three times or two times. But I still think that they it, it is impressive nonetheless. Well, did you see WWE broke the all-time gate record in one day for WrestleMania 40? Yeah. Uh, just throwing it out there. Yeah, maybe I am an AEW hater. Yeah, you you piece of garbage. Yeah. I think everybody who's a regular listener of the pod knows your true feelings. 
Well. What can you say? No. (laughs) (laughs) I want to argue with you, but I don't think I can. Yeah. Moving on. Darby and Swerve, uh, their feud kind of took a turn here. There was a match between Darby and Nick Wayne versus AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. Nick Wayne got beat down, but ended up sneaking the win on AR. Uh, after the match, Swerve cut a pretty scathing promo. He was pissed at AR Fox for uh, not doing his job, and this was apparently a tryout for him. So. Swerve then tells Prince Nana to handle his light work. Nana tells AR Fox that he's fired. Brian Cage comes in and absolutely murders this man. And then Darby and Nick Wayne run out. And Swerve kind of, you know, they do the old switcheroo. Swerve's going up the entrance Darby and Nick Wayne. Darby grabs a mic and says, you always believed in me. And so then he picks AR Fox up, tells him to grab my hand and said that, or, and Darby says that he forgives AR Fox. Oof. Yeah. Ryan. Yeah. If somebody beat me up into mm-hmm. a bloody pulp. Sure. Two weeks later, you're going to be friends with that guy? No, no, I don't know. No, definitely not. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was ready to, I was ready to bury this segment, Micah, but then they got me back with Christian. (laughs) Dude, that was like. (laughs) They saved it with Christian. I will not bury this segment. He was so old in 97. It was very illogical, but uh, feel bad for AR Fox, man. <laughs> yeah, um, I hope that this was the plan all along, and they, hey, brother, you're not going to Whitley <laughs> like a week before the show because I pissed. Dang, man! But hopefully, this was all figured out. Um. So, yeah, now he's not in the coffin match, obviously. And the whole pairing feels kind of weird. Wait, which one? You talking about Christian? No, no, no. Um, Just AR Fox and Swerve. Like, they just hooked up like three weeks ago. And now they're not anymore. Yeah, he turned heel. And he turned back babyface within three weeks, man. And he did something very despicable as a heel. And Darby was willing to forgive him because of friendship. And uh, Nick Wayne was able to forgive him because of friendship, I guess. And, hey, man, hey, Nick Nick Wayne's mom? Hey. Oh, my God. Uh, hey, man, I'm just saying. Hear me out. Hear Don't me let out. Christian see her. <laughs> But speaking of the the savior of this segment, once again, he's all over our program. Um, Christian then comes out as Swerve's new partner for this coffin match, and he just knocked it out of the park. 
Nick Wayne. Oh man. I heard you got a dad. <laughs> Never heard of your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of your dad. But I did hear that your dad's dead. The whole crowd just lit up. It was so great. Christian cooked him, said that uh he wants him to be there for the coffin match or or something what how did he phrase it? Something along the lines of you'll get to see another one of your uh loved ones in a coffin on Sunday, talking about dark. Yeah. Dude, yeah. The whole, it was scathing heel promo and it Oh, great. It was the best part of the show, too. Christian, best part of my week. Yeah, Christian was the MVP of this week, man. That that was a great promo that he cut. He saved the segment because I was ready to I was ready to cook it, Micah. Like, I know. Anyway, what AR Fox, man. Maybe he'll be in their corner, but that's just a terrible way to go out. Yeah. A marquee match on the biggest, supposedly biggest pay-per-view of all time and you get cut from the card within five days of the card happening that sucks which i will say uh srs reported something saying that he hasn't won a match outside of the country since 2016 so he may have some kind of visa issue that's not confirmed but uh, doesn't doesn't phoenix have the same issue right now yeah, that was Phoenix's issue for sure. That's but I'm why just they, saying Fox may have never even been scheduled. That's crazy that they even advertised it, though, if they weren't going to follow through with it. But like they say on every wrestling card, hard subject to change. Yep. And honestly, I, while I do like AR Fox, I think this match gets a lot more intriguing with Christian. Oh, definitely. That. Definitely. I don't like that. What was that little ski mask thing he was wearing? I don't like that. Yeah, I, it's not my favorite. It kind of takes away from like the the yeah. image of or the persona. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine if Hogan yeah. wore a mask? I don't know. Yeah, looks stupid. Yeah, and Swerve swear me to hit the gym too. I don't know what's going on there. No, I think he's bulking. He looks a lot bigger than he did. I think he's. Because he posted something the other day like he was intentionally trying to bulk up. Just like he has a beer belly now, man. I don't know about bulking. Well, give him a little. Let let him get a cut. Let him get a cut. Well, he has Brian Cage in his group, man. It's time to, you know, hit the gym with him. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Cage is on more supplements than a GNC. (laughs) Um, But anyways, the sit down with the Bucks and FTR was... Final thing we're going to review for this. Um, Oof. You know, I was kind of shocked. I mm. honestly think that the Bucks walked away from this looking a little better than FTR. Wow. They were sitting down with Renee Paquette, and obviously they've got the big match coming up at Wembley. Um, and... Basically, the big takeaway was that Matt, or yes, Matt, uh, turned to... Well, first, Cash looked like somebody had murdered his dog in front of him. Not even, like, shooting, like, cut its head off. He was just staring so blankly at the ground. Um, But 
Matt turned to Dax and was saying that they are the only reason the FTR is still relevant. They got them their jobs in the company and they kept them relevant on a YouTube show while they were somewhere else. And Dax's response was nada. He said, well, I just... And then, like, didn't really say anything after that. And then it ended. He was like... And that was... So I don't know if this was a little bit of a shoot, maybe? (laughs) No, come on. I'm sure they all discussed what... You know, what was the line that they weren't going to cross? I'm sure they all discussed that. It just felt uncomfortable almost. I am surprised they didn't bring up the, the gun thing with Cash, but. Well, a touchy subject, maybe. Well, th- remember they advertised We Hear from FTR? Was that on Collision? And then yeah. We didn't even get it. I thought they were going to address the situation. I mean, I don't know. I guess since it's an ongoing legal battle, they didn't want too much to, like, draw too much attention to it or, you know, put their foot in their mouth in terms of the court case. I don't I don't really know. I can see why you would steer clear of it. You uh, you say Cash is a good promo, but Micah, man, he just sat there in the background throughout this one and pretty much throughout all FTR's promos. He just kind of he's there in the background. You're too hard on Cash, man. Because he's just another guy. If he didn't have Dax, he would just be another guy on the roster, Micah. He would be uh what's Buddy Matthews. That's what he what he would be. A good wrestler, but not charismatic enough to be on his own. I mean, I'm not necessarily gonna deny that, but I also think that you don't give him enough credit. When he's given the chance, he can cut a pro. It just... We, to we me, gave him a chance. He had a sit-down interview. Oh, come on. I just said like FTR wasn't prepared or something. Because normally they're very good on the mic, especially Dax, but... You think they were loosely... I, I'm sure they don't script these guys, but maybe they were... Maybe they were told to let the Bucks get the better of them in the verbal exchange. You think that could be the case? I mean, it could be. I, that's why I'm... Uh, I know it probably wasn't a shoot, but it was almost just like Dax got mad and didn't know what to say. And at that point, if it's a pre-tape, why would you not just re-record it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but they the Young Bucks definitely had the better of the exchange. They had the more memorable lines with, you're just the tag team that we named on our YouTube show, which is legit. That is what happened. Yeah. Uh, man, they... <laughs> I think FTR has to win now, don't they? <laughs> I don't know. I, they kind of had to. They just took that verbal brow beating from the Young Bucks. They got to beat him now. It's like when Theory got roasted by Cena. I mean, he kind of had to to beat Cena at that point. But if I was betting, I would say that, nah, it's going to be. That's crazy. Are we getting the predictions? 
Yeah, I was about to segue into that. Um, oh, okay. That closed up Dynamite. I know we dragged a couple things, but honestly, this felt like the most storytelling Dynamite in a while, and most everything, while I might not have loved it, made sense, and there was a reason for it being on the show, which is way more than you can normally say about Dynamite. That's yeah. one thing that aggravates me is like Tony can tell stories instead of cramming it two weeks before the pay-per-view. Why do we not stretch these things out? Like that is what wrestling is about is taking something and building it, building it and building it and building it and building it legit as long as you can, not to overstay it's welcome, but to make people want it that much more. So then when they finally get it, it clicks. But I thought I thought we were getting more of that when they hired the Jabroni from what Fightful, his name what was his name? Will Wills. Yeah. Yeah, Abraham Washington. They they hired him and supposedly he was gonna have a big big role in the creative aspects of Dynamite, but are you noticing any differences in the show? I'm noticing some bad differences, but not positive. Can we put some of the blame on Will Will Washington? I mean, maybe. Only thing I noticed is he's like Kobe Bryant in a hotel room in 2004. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on. You're going to get thrown off the air, Micah. Come on. Untouched. I'm lose our sponsorship with Audible, man. Unstoppable. <laughs> Flew over my head as a kid, but now, as a Kobe I, fan, it's a good I thought line. it was hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was funny. And it is 824. But anyways, uh, we'll move to our final segment of the show. Um, Predictions. But I think maybe Will Washington could take some blame. I don't know. I don't know what goes on, but things in terms of the storytelling aspect on Dynamite could be improved. But predictions for All In, uh, which is this Sunday. So just to let you guys know, we will be back Tuesday if possible, with a review of All In. Um, or let's go Wednesday. We'll be, we'll be back Wednesday with our review of All In. And then the next week is, geez, it's a busy couple weeks, is All Out. All yeah. Out on, is it on Sunday as well? Running against Payback? I... Well, Payback's on Saturday. Oh, okay. So Payback Saturday, All Out Sunday, and then we'll Jeez. come back and do the same thing. Uh, Wednesday will be the day that those come out, and then we'll just review. As of Man. right now, we'll review the weekly programs the same. We may end up lumping pay-per-view shows. It, isn't that college football kickoff on Saturday, next yes. next Saturday? Oh, God. Yeah. My God, Mike. <laughs> Jesus. AEW's going to have some stout collision, which payback is too, but did I say they're going to have some stout collision? I meant competition on collision. Hey. Hey. But <laughs> close enough. Running close to midnight. Anyways, yeah. let's move on. All out, all in, in or out. In or, or out. Either. Okay. 2023 at Wembley Stadium. Uh, zero hour. We got Aussie Open versus MJF and Adam Cole for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. Mm, I'll tell you Aussie Open. 
think it builds to a you know, potential breakup of MJF and Adam Cole later on in the night. But I have no – there's no way MJF and Cole are going to do ROH shows. So there's no way they're going to win the ROH tag titles. Yeah. I could see Cole doing ROH shows, but I don't know that MJF would. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Ozzy open for that one. For yeah. the FTW Championship, we've got champion Jack Perry versus Hook. I go hook. Yeah, I say the same thing. I don't see him losing twice. Yeah. For the AEW World Tag Team Championship, FTR versus the Young Bucks. Oof. I'm going FTR. Our first split decision. I'm going Young Bucks. I I don't think there's any way they lose people. When they're the EVPs, I don't want either guys to win. I don't want either teams to win. I oh, think the Usos on. should make a run in. <laughs> the Usos should make a run in, super kick everybody, leave them laying, and then uh, we can finally end this debate of who is the rightful greatest tag team of all time. The Usos, all time or just WWE? Oh, all time. Interesting hypothesis. Well, I mean. I got speak facts. I mean, I speak better truth than the in a world Warriors. full of lies. Yeah, better than the Road Warriors. Yeah. Man, what is that? What great matches they had? Scaffold match, Midnight Express. I don't remember it. I don't think you ever watched it. Well, if it happened before 1990, they were all milkmen and plumbers back then. Who oh. cares? Hikaru Shida just... versus Tony Storm versus Soraya versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD for the AEW Women's World Champion. Oof. This is a not easy to call. I don't maybe it's because I skip a lot of the women's segments. So I don't know if they're doing a lot with Soraya. So it wouldn't make much sense to put the title on her. I'm uh, Britt Baker. Well, okay, so I haven't missed anything. Okay, Britt Baker is embarrassing in the ring, so I don't think – I think her time has come and gone. I think Tony Storm is building up a little bit of a cult following online with this new gimmick she's doing. I don't know what it is exactly, but a lot of people seem to like it. So I think Tony Storm wins the title back. You know, I uh... – Got to say, I like I wanted to mention it on the show. I just didn't fit it in, but I've actually really enjoyed her new gimmick. It just—I don't know how do you des- how do you describe that though. Uh, <laughs> you just gotta you just gotta watch it, I guess. A pompous British Marilyn Monroe or Australian—I don't really know, but like a failing actress. I, it works though. Like it actually feels like a character, whereas most uh, female wrestlers just are female wrestlers does that make sense yeah <laughs> i so, guess i don't know she's got more personality than most in the women's division especially in AEW. she should be by herself honestly but yeah. who, who you got in the match who oh i almost moved on to the next thing completely. yeah i know I, I could hear it in your voice you about to move on <laughs> <laughs> um i'm gonna go soraya wow and i think that's gonna lead to the breakup I can see that between her and Tony, because Tony's gonna be like, "I'm still failing," and whatever. 
I could see okay. it work. Plus, they're in the UK. Uh, we'll see. Okay. Uh, next up was Darby Allen and Sting versus Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage in a coffin match. Is it three coffins or just one? Hmm. Or would there be four? Yeah. No, there would only be two. Be two? Yeah. Isn't this? I thought this was a six man. Oh no, 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 no. no. Okay, it's a tag team. It's a tag team. My bad. Or do they both have to be piled into one? I don't know. I'm gonna go Darby and Sting, though. I don't see Sting losing. Never seen a tag team casket match, so it should be. I'm intrigued. More of a. Uh, I'm. Yeah, I'm going with uh. I go Sting Darby. I think they don't really beat Sting a lot. At all, so Sting's definitely not losing here. Yeah, has Sting has Sting lost a match? No, that I can remember. <laughs> all right, well, I'm pretty you sure he has. Yeah. He's gonna yeah, be so. on Collision Saturday too. He should be challenging him for MJF's title. I know. I would like to see it. Give one, give Sting one last chance. You mentioned it a year ago that. Sting ain't lost, man. <laughs> I'm still down for the challenge, man. Him and MJF could have had a decent little like month feud and then just like one match and MJF could have beat him and that would have been it. MJF needs to retire him. Uh, I wouldn't hate it. Send him packing. Come on now. He's not a jabroni. He's a stinger. He's old. <laughs> He's geriatric stinger. Oh, but when I... When I make comments about Edge, I'm a bad guy. The Golden oh, Sting Elite. Is... <laughs> Sting is elderly. I mean, he draws Social Security, so I guess you got me oh, on that God. aspect. <laughs> the Golden Elite. Sorry, this is formatted really wait, weird. Wait, did you give a, Did you give your prediction on that last one? I thought I said Darby and Sting. I could have been wrong. Oh, okay. I might not have, but that's, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the Golden Elite, Kota Bushi, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam, Kanosuke Takeshita, and Bullet yep. Club Gold, Juice Robinson, and Jay White. Got this is a uh, this is a uh, tough to call. Really? I don't. I mean, I guess we got to get some heels to win on this show. So I go with. Gin and not gin and juice, <laughs> Jay White, Juice Robson, <laughs> and uh, Kanosuke. I think I'm going with the Golden Elite, honestly. Brother, we gotta get some heels to win on the show now. Well, Soraya's a heel, Ozzy Open are heels. Okay. We got That's a zero hour. We don't, count that. we don't count that, but ah, okay. All right, yeah, I'm going Jay White though, and Juice. All right, we'll see. I, I've Either way, I could see it because then they could build all that one. I don't think yeah. they're gonna do anything crazy in the big matches, but they could use that to build. Um, I think to catch the pins, Kenny. That's my prediction. Interesting. I wouldn't hate that either. I do wish there was singles between those two because I think they would put on a way better match than that. Probably Definitely not so. gonna watch it. Yeah. Stadium Stampede match. Eddie Kingston, the best friends, and Penta versus the Blackpool Combat Club, 
Santana and Ortiz. Did the Blackpool Combat Club lose their last uh, big feud? I honestly Didn't don't they... remember who they were feuding with. Uh, they fought the Elite in Blood and yeah. Guts. Did they lose that? I think they lost that, right? I think so, yeah. So I feel like they should win this one. I'm going the same way, especially like I said. Can't really picture many of those heels winning, plus it's Moxley. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's probably going to pick up the win. I'm intrigued how they're going to do this, though, a stadium stampede with actual people in the stadium, because usually all the stadium stampedes were empty stadiums. Yeah, which they and, did anarchy in the arena, so I was yeah. unsure why they yeah. didn't name it that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. I Oh, and by the way, Eddie Kingston, I thought he had a really good backstage segment with Renee on that Dynamite, too. Oh, I didn't even I know, see it. I know. Oh, man, you skipped it. I guess I Renee. probably did when I was moving through it real quick. Oh, man. Uh, it doesn't matter. It was a good segment. Okay. Don't go out of my way to seek it, though. No, it was like 30 seconds, so I'm not surprised you skipped it. Yeah, I probably didn't even notice. Uh, Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. Hmm. Oof, I go Jericho. Or it's got to be Jericho. He's contracted. The other guy's not contracted. Why would you want to put him over? That don't necessarily mean anything, though, to AEW. That's crazy, though. I'm He's not going to be there next week. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um... I'm going to say Osprey. Wow. You think uh, Don? You think Don has a role in this? He might to continue uh, their might feud. Have a roll of quarters in this. Oh man! Well, we get a screwdriver again. Oh. Well, that was just, that would just kill him. <laughs> I kick out it too. <laughs> For the real world championship, CM Punk <laughs> versus Samoa Joe. Uh oh, man! It's got to be Punk. Yeah, they're not. They're not gonna take it off of them until they can get the unification. I really hope they have a good match, though. I'm kind of nervous because their last one like was better than Joe's last couple matches, but I don't know. It wasn't special. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be crazy. Yeah, both guys are very much slower and very much out their prime, but they could have a pretty good match here. And did you see the GTS on Saturday? A lot of people were dogging him, which, you know, lo and behold, Samoa Joe is 300 pounds, and I'd like to see some oh, of y'all on. pick up 300 pounds. Oh, come on. Don't bury Samoa Joe like that. No, I'm not. I mean, I, Joe's size is... <laughs> Fat shaming Samoa Joe, I'm man. not. Joe's size is fitting for him, but what I'm saying is... Is oh, you he deserves to be fat, huh? No, I, what I'm saying is for, to expect CM Punk to pick that up like a sack of potatoes. And Pick that up. Oh, he's a, like he's, he's a that now. You always put words in my mouth. He's not <laughs> 25 anymore, ladies and gentlemen. He has 40-year-old he has knees. So give Mr. Phil, Philum, by his government name, a break. Uh, 
You want him to go around knee and fat guys, huh, Micah? Is that what you want him to do? Well, you have to give me one then. Six man for the AEW World Trio Championship House of Black versus Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed. Oh, yeah, I forgot this was happening. Man, there's a lot of tag matches on this card, Micah. Can we just. This is. This is overloaded with tag matches. This reminds me of WrestleMania 16, where every match was a either a multi-man match or a tag match. Every single match on the card, which I did not like, and I don't like it here either. But I'll go with the House of Black. I'll go with them. I'm going to go with the Acclaimed, I think. Michael, do you want any heels to win, man? No. Um... <laughs> No, I don't know. I feel like they've been building the acclaim. Tony realizes they're kind of hot, or they were. So that's the thing. Tony, now that they were hot, is going to put the belts on. But wouldn't that bury the House of Black? Nah, they'll be fine. They have like an aura that people like about them. I don't really care for per se, but people just like the image. You know, I saw somebody point out online that Malachi's only had like five matches on AEW, like singles matches on AEW television since he debuted. Like, how crazy is that? And, and Keith Lee is only, and Keith Lee's only had six singles matches. Like, all the rest were tag matches. Well, that kind of makes sense, though, because he was in the tag team for a good while, but they just don't. That's crazy, though. They don't let some of the best wrestlers showcase Wrestle. their talent one-on-one. Because even a Kenny Omega, who is my favorite, yeah. should not be in a multi-man match on the biggest show you're ever going to run. Yeah. There are um, a lot of multi-man matches in AEW. And that's not been a new thing. They've been doing that since the beginning. It was gang warfare when they first started, man. Everybody was in a faction. Yeah. Which I don't hate to a point, but... You just got to know how to do it right. I want people to be by themselves, man. Well, yeah, everybody don't need to be in one. But like in the 90s, Foundation and DX and the Nation of Domination, it kind of, it worked. Yeah, but then you still had Bret Hart and Undertaker and guys like that that didn't have, well, I guess Bret Hart wasn't the Hart Foundation. Well, you know what, man, maybe it worked then, but I don't know. It's been five years. Uh, they've been in business five years. They've been five years. Time to stop all the tag team, gang warfare, six-man garbage stuff like this. I don't know, man. I don't think it's going to happen, though, because Tony loves it. No, no, of course not. But lastly, for the main event of Wembley Stadium, mm. all in 2023, MJF mm. versus Adam Cole. Biggest card, biggest crowd that AEW will ever do. And they got two comedy characters at the main event. How do you feel about that, Micah? I'm not going to say comedy characters because MJF Bro, they when he needs to. But they right close, now... They clothesline a blow-up alligator. You That happened on AEW television. Does that mean I have to accept it, though? It happened. We saw it. It was there. I don't think it did. I didn't see it with my own eyes. 
it's uh this the crowd's gonna love it. Yeah. And I think MJF is gonna drop this title. Really? I do. I really think so. I think MJF is gonna retain. You think um, this is all a, a ruse? That I like I wish I could tell you what I thought. I have no idea. They can go a lot of different directions here, though. Yeah, and I think how they choose to go from it is really going to break this show because despite what you want to say, and I completely agree with you because we both know the comedy stuff is not up our alley because a lot of times it feels way more childish than it should be or just it's not funny. But this is the hottest thing on their program, so there's something to be said for that. And this is their uh, bloodline storyline. Yeah, and it's working. I will, I will say that I did laugh when Tony Khan yelled at those guys in that backstage hmm. segment. I did laugh at that. It's just funny because you don't ever really see them like that. <laughs> and you know that never ever happens. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Come on, I think this guy's getting somebody in trouble. No. no, you remember you heard that story where he was chanting CM Punk. Oh yeah, he... <laughs> I was telling my I was telling my wife I was like, I mean I'm a big punk fan and like I get it, but like you as a boss <laughs> you can't do that. That seems like such a fanboy move. Like you glazing that man is too hard, man. That's a uh, yeah. I can see why CM Punk has the authority to throw out anybody he wants. Even yeah. the head of talent relations, he can throw him out to. Tony's next. Tony's going to be like, what? I don't know, Punk. I don't think you can do that. You get out. <laughs> You're banned from collision. That makes you so better, though. Brooks. <laughs> Tony had an interview today. Something he said, like, he knows that his wrestlers have issues, but he thinks that it makes it... Or... He said that he thinks that the company is better with all of them in it. Therefore, like, it's just something you have to learn to live with. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. Seems like a scapegoat to me, but... I feel like Cole is going to get Roddy involved. And that somehow screws over MJ Because they got something with MJF as a babyface. Maybe Cole is the one that should turn heel in this in this match. Because did did you see the line or hear the line Cole said to MJF in that promo they did a couple weeks ago? No, he said one? that I. He said the MJF, um, I need to beat you more than anything in the world. That's the same line that Steve Austin said to Rock in that backstage interview segment right before WrestleMania 17, where Steve Austin turned heel and shook hands with Vince McMahon. And you know AEW loves WWE. They love this, the playoff pat, the past. So I can see Cole turning heel and uh, and him winning the big one in Wembley. I can see that happening. Yeah, especially, too, with, like, the kingdom. That's what I was thinking about. They might try and reform that or if Kyle O'Reilly is able to. Where's Maria? Well, she's been with the kingdom, I think. Has she? I think so. I know she wasn't out there that one day that like 
they came to console Roddy, but I think for the most part, she's been with them on like Ring of Honor and stuff. Yeah, we're going to need her part this act. So, I don't know. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, we'll see how they do it. I'm really intrigued because, like, with WWE, you pretty much know what a WrestleMania is for AEW. Uh, it's crazy. Are we going to do all-out predictions? <laughs> uh, we'll get there next week because we'll do payback reactions with it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, this is going to wrap us up for this week. A little long, obviously. Uh, a lot of wrestling and some outside stuff. Make sure to check yeah. us out on social media at Scoop Slam Pod. That's on everything Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever you feel like calling it. Make sure, once again, to check out our uh, partnership with Audible. It's Linktree. Scoop Slam Pod, L I N K T R dot E E slash Scoop Slam Pod. You can get a free month of Audible Premium Plus and up to two free Audible books or audio books. Eh, same difference. Yeah. Make sure to join us back next week. We're going to be reviewing pay per view and all of your favorite weekly programming. And in the meantime, stay safe. Have a good one.